Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Bechet, and this is the AAF Exchange, a podcast from the American Action Forum, where experts provide clear, data-driven insight into today's economic and domestic policy issues. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. Several presidential candidates have put forward plans to expand broadband in rural areas. For example, Senator Elizabeth Warren wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post calling for large government spending and a new public option for Internet. In the latest installment of our series looking at campaign proposals, we are going to analyze these plans with Will Reinhardt, the Director of Technology and Innovation Policy here at AAF. Will, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm a second guest. <laughs> yeah, uh, do I get do I get a prize for this? By the way, like for being you're the first. Well, you're not the first uh, yeah. person to come back on, but you are the no. second person to come back on. Doug beat you to the point. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, so today we're talking about broadband and yeah. what some of the candidates are proposing out there. Yep. So broadly speaking, uh, walk us through some what some of these candidates are talking about. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, broadband has really become an issue and really has been an issue. So um, a lot of the candidates have talked pretty extensively about pumping a whole bunch of money into, you know, some sort of fund or like a new office. Um, you know, Elizabeth Warren wants to create a new um, specifically a new office. But but the candidates generally have been talking about trying to spend more money in order to get rural broadband out to, um, you know, out to the most needy areas. Um, some of the numbers, um, uh, Sanders has suggested like $150 billion, which to me just seems a little outrageous and probably much longer than, or much more than it needs to be. Um, Warren, however, seems to be the most kind of vocal with her plan, which is $85 billion, which we can get into a little bit later where that number comes from. But um, yeah, it's uh, those, are, those are pretty big numbers regardless. Mm-hmm. So what problem are we trying to address? Are they trying to address yeah. with, the, with these proposals? I mean, is this even a real problem? Yeah, I think that this is actually a really big it's a big open question what exactly is happening here. So, I mean, there is at least some sense from FCC, official FCC data, and this is typically comes from what's called a Form 477 data, that there is this divide between rural areas and, and urban areas in deployment such that effectively some rural areas seem not to have high-speed Internet access. The thing that really complicates this, and you know, we'll include this in the show notes, I'm sure, some of the some of the research that we have on this is that when you look at when you look at the the data itself, it's not as simple as just not having internet access. That in fact, like the downtown areas of small small towns typically do have internet access. It's just when you kind of go away from those like small town cores that 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 access drops. So this there's this tension and this really interesting question of okay, what exactly are we trying to do here? Are we trying to get everyone connected? What does that look like? You know, obviously we've we talked a little bit about this money, but how you actually do it is actually a very very important question, and I and I don't think that we actually have a very very good sense of of how to do it correctly. I don't think anyone does, to be honest. Interesting. So I think at this point it's a, it would be good to take a quick step back and just define what we're talking about. Yeah. What is broadband? Yeah, so broadband is is currently defined by the FCC as being uh, 25 megabits um, download with uh, three megabits uh, upload. And just quickly, what does that mean for us real people out there? Yeah, so um, it's uh, kind of a complicated thing because you know pretty extensively we, we you know you need some sort of as it's called throughput in order to get information you know through whatever line you're carrying. So typically it's you know cable line like coaxial or mm-hmm. it could even be a telephone line or it could be actually just a straight fiber line um, or in some cases it just 
could be through wireless. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I think we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. So, as well. so if I'm at home trying to watch a Netflix show, because yeah. that's all I do at home, uh, is what that all you do at home is just watch Netflix. I mean, broadly sports. speaking, <laughs> uh, I do a little bit of the sports. Yeah. Yeah. The sports. Um, okay. Um, what what internet speed running to download one of those shows? Yeah, I mean, so typically Netflix suggests something along the lines of, um, you know, depending on what they're, you know, how big, uh, how big the uh, the file is and like what the quality is. But typically, you know, for most most high definition stuff, not the 4K stuff, but the high definition stuff, it's usually three and a half to four uh, megabits per second download. Um, but those are general requirements. But I, I mean, again, that's not really that much. Um, the, the download speeds, and in fact, the FCC has said this before, that the download speeds basically above 10, uh, 10 megabits don't really matter all that much. And we actually do see this that, I mean, this was a couple years ago that the FCC said that most consumers don't care about anything above kind of this 10 megabits section. But, but I think that's actually a really important point to be, to be made here is that at some point, and you know, the Wall Street Journal had a great report on this recently, that at some point, Consumers care less about faster and faster speeds. It's just it's just normal. You don't care as much about a super fast speed. So once you get to this, this it seems at least the FCC suggests that once you get to this twenty five um, threshold, that that basically you've got you know internet that is usable for most applications. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we got all the technical stuff out of the way, yeah, uh, let's talk about um, these areas that don't have broadband and the challenges deploying it there. Um, obviously, we, as we've discussed, these proposals focus on the rural areas. Yeah, yeah of, um, course, of course. Do all rural areas like broadband? Uh, no, I mean, as I mentioned before, there is, there is, um, there are uh, rural areas. Really, are. I mean, let's t- take a step back and, and and really describe what we're talking about here when we say rural areas. When we when we actually when we actually say rural, we basically just mean it's not metro. So whenever you look at these delineations and these distinctions are made by um, typically either the the the, the um, Office of Management and Budget (OMB) or the USDA, um, and there's kind of like two competing ways to think about rural areas as compared to you know urban areas. Still, rural areas typically are either one; they're either clustered so there's like a clustered area so this is like a small downtown you mm-hmm. know um i spent a lot of my time in, in in illinois in this small downtown called only illinois hey i uh, grew up in a very small town of proctor vermont so i know exactly what yeah you're so, about. so you've got the downtown area that that in most cases the downtown area actually does have internet and usually has pretty fast mm-hmm. internet because of course there's there's you know there's a couple businesses there's usually some sort of um, usually some sort of um, fast connection downtown, but then, you know, you get out maybe a half of a mile and, and it changes dramatically. Mm-hmm. You, you get out even kind of that from that downtown core right. and it changes pretty dramatically. So like in the woods or in the far, uh, on the farms or something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. And so there is this pretty this pretty big gradation between these kind of downtown cores. And again, it's they're very, very similar. They have very similar deployment numbers as as urban cores. And the idea is, well, wh- why don't we put more uh, broadband access into those areas that don't currently have broadband access? And th- and that how how we do that, the technological feasibility of that, and and even the technologies that we use. I mean, everyone's talking about fiber and and coaxial cable, but you know, another thing that has been coming up and over and over again is is you know potentially wireless is a is a uh, substitute here. So we're trying to figure out, and, and a lot of the candidates are trying to understand and, and put proposals out there to say, okay, here's here's what we can do for this, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I think is is interesting mm-hmm. at the end of the day. How, how good is our understanding of who and who doesn't have, who doesn't doesn't have uh, broadband? This is actually a really big 
point and a big tension that's going on right now that um, so th- there's concerns that effectively the way that the broadband maps currently and you know I, er, I mentioned earlier this form 477 data the way that it is uh, the way that it is collected is usually at the at the census block level which is which is pretty fine grain but still it's pretty it can be pretty big so because the census block is still uh, sometimes can be a very very large area you know it literally in 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 kind of urban cores the census block might only take up a couple uh, a couple buildings but then when you get out into more rural areas it could potentially be you know a mile or you know a mile like a square mile or mm-hmm. more and so the way that it, the the way that the mapping currently um, requ- has requirements is effectively that okay you know if you provide service in one area in the block then the entire block is effectively served what the FCC is trying to do now is trying to figure out far more in a fine grain level. OK, let's not just look at blocks, but let's look at actual, you know, individual homes, which homes are served, you know, which areas are served. And so there's there's been a lot of work to try to understand what's going on uh, there. Still, we do know that rural areas don't have as much broadband deployment as urban areas. That is that is truly the case. But but again, when you go to those ur- those those rural core areas, what are called sometimes called micropolitan areas, they in fact do have have more broadband access. Mm-hmm. So you briefly touched on some of the numbers earlier, but how expensive is all this to deploy broadband everywhere? Yeah, that's a really big question. So um, the so Warren's plan, as I mentioned, this eighty five billion dollars that actually comes from some FCC estimations, and the FCC estimations were done. I, I want to say probably three years ago now at this point. But effectively, what what they suggested is something like eighty billion dollars at the time, and and my assumption again, she doesn't really specifically say where these numbers come from, but it looks very very similar to the eighty billion dollars that the FCC suggested with, you know, with inflation added in. So eighty five billion isn't you know it's a nice round number, I guess. Um, anyway, the FCC there was a there was a report um, by one of the FCC chiefs that basically was trying to figure this out, and he. He used um, his his technology or at least his mapping technology really relied upon two things. Either you would be served by coaxial cable, which is cable, you know, as we call typical cable or fiber. Um, he didn't include in this model DSL. So no you know, potential path upgrades. So a lot of companies are doing this. A lot of smaller and independent companies that are in rural areas have been kind of doing these path dependent upgrades um, based on DSL. Um, You've mentioned DSL. What is that? Yeah, DSL is just the digital subscriber line. It's just a term for technologies that are based on the telephone instead of like cable or coaxial or, or fiber. So it's just a different pathway to do technology or to have broadband upgrade. Gotcha. So those numbers that 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 Warren actually does have and and uses are they need to be understood in their own terms. That that effectively that model only suggests that two things are going to be kind of the end technologies. And yet and yet when we look at what's happening in rural areas, we look what's happening internationally. There's there's a far wider multiplicity of strategies. They they include DSL, which this which this model, the original model, the FCC model, did not include. And increasingly, people are talking about wireless capacity, which I think is hugely important here because, you know, getting wireless wireless um, and high speed wireless Internet out to to rural areas, flat rural areas, some areas that's I think that's a much more um, cost effective measure. So, again, the numbers, these numbers really they they're hugely dependent on on kind of the technology you're using, but also who you're trying to reach and and the level at which you're trying to reach them. And, and if you want these kind of, you know, again, it just depends a lot on the technology mm-hmm. you're using. 
So 150 billion is a large number. It 80, is a really large 85 number. billion is a large number. Uh, that begs the question of what alternatives are out there. I mean, does five. G play a role in this? That's big in the news right now. Yeah, that is a, that is actually I think one of the big, as you mentioned, I think that's yeah, that's one of the big things that that could be the alternative here. So five G is kind of the next generation of of um, of of wireless technologies, and it's really being embedded right now. the The interesting thing that could happen with five G is that that the applications that are in the wireless applications, long term wireless applications, those are going to multiply. So I think what we're going to see is that. I mean, 5G is what's really, really interesting about 5G is really connecting various items. It's like, you know, connecting cars and it's connecting, um, you know, kind of the refrigerators and durable goods. But the other interesting application here is is finally getting to a speed at which, um, you know, with 5G technologies, you you actually could get to a level where where wireless service actually is is possible. So we're seeing, for example, Verizon's doing some early testing on this. C Spire, which is down in Mississippi, has been doing testing on this for 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 now almost two years. Um, we're seeing early early developments in these these wireless internet service providers, WISPs as they're called, and I think that's actually a really interesting, and important, uh, important kind of advancement that that most of these plans that are suggested here really don't incorporate. If we want to get everyone connected, at kind of at the cheapest level, that. Is I mean that would be my goal. Um, putting fiber everywhere in the United States, there's still people that are going to be left out. And in fact, you know, the money. There's this really big question about what the money should be used for and if it should be used for other things. I mean, the the 85 billion dollars, the 100 billion dollars, at least at a in, in rural communities, probably could go for other more important issues. And in fact, when you when you survey rural individuals, they they say this very consistently that that high speed internet access isn't really in the in the mm-hmm. top demands they want you know they want good jobs they want education and they want healthcare and 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 a solution to the opioid crisis and i I'd, I'd much rather see that money be going towards those things that actually could improve lives very very directly as compared mm-hmm. to broadband internet which Potentially, we will get you connected to the internet, but it doesn't solve the kind of fundamental problems of of education and and workforce training. Mm-hmm. Which so I, so you're kind of getting to this a little bit, but I mean, because this is a campaign and everything's about the economy, stupid. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the candidates are talking about broadband as this great eco- economic stimulus, um, but will it actually help boost these rural economies? This is a really big question. It's an open question currently, um, but a lot of the early evidence suggests that that. That when you put broadband, when you put super fast broadband into an area, that in fact what happens is those areas, those rural regions, kind of realign to whatever the the kind of the local metropolitan area, and and, and to think about it, it's it's really not that it's it's really not that um that that like insane to think that this would happen because I mean think about it if you're starting a new business and you're actually trying to embed super fast broadband into a, into a local area, you need not just broadband internet to connect you also need education you need financing you need you need skill sets that usually are cannot be found in 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 rural areas and what that means is that if you're really trying to start up new businesses that are using broadband internet in this in this very intensive way that that you're likely far more to look at towards other markets to get those things and get that get that access so um, the ability of of subsidies and and deployment that isn't like isn't demand driven. You know, when you look again at metro areas, that's a lot of broadband deployment is very demand driven. There's already these businesses that need to have broadband, so there's multiple providers, even in you know downtown urban areas. 
But when you look at rural areas, that that sort of demand doesn't exist there. So the idea of just providing the supply is going to create a new sort of demand doesn't really work all that well. And in fact, most of the evidence currently suggests that when you do put it to when you do put broadband into an area, again, it kind of realigns the 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 relationships and it usually kind of forces that metro area back into I'm sorry, a non metro area kind of into the the orbit of a metro area. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so let's talk about some of the actual actual policy proposals out there. Yeah. Um, are there current federal programs on the books that are helping people with expanding broadband access? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. Um, and I, I think what's most interesting about Warren's plan is is and and what's interesting about her office of of I believe it's office of broadband expansion um, or office of broadband deployment. I forget the name of it. But what I think is most interesting about that plan is actually having something that is dedicated within the FCC that kind of does. Uh, work everywhere because there are currently a lot of plans. Um, most years that, that these, you know, the FCC recently just dispersed something like five billion dollars through their Connect America fund, their their CAF fund. So I mean, there there's a con- consistent amount of money that's going through. There's the Universal Service Fund, which is pretty pretty massive. This is, uh, you know, this this helps. Um, schools and libraries and and healthcare facilities and individuals get connected online. And so there's already a lot of money that's being spent by the federal government. What I think is probably interesting is to do better testing. This is something that I've called for in the past to figure out which programs actually really do work the best. Um, you know, another a whole another additional um, uh, big fund that is currently going on right now is this uh, is the USDA. USDA has this massive pilot program to figure out what actually works in 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 rural areas. So there, there's a lot that's going on to the federal government. And and this isn't even to deny that there isn't a lot going on at the state level. You know, my home state of Illinois j- is now going to spend, I believe, four hundred and twenty million dollars on broadband. So the states are doing this as well. And because the federal government hasn't really done a huge, massive infrastructure project on broadband, a lot of the states have really gotten involved in this. So there's a lot that's going on here. Um, where I think that the FCC and where a real true broadband plan could be helpful is is what are the best practices? We still really don't know what are the best ways of doing things. You know, there's this idea of called dig once, which, you know, you basically whenever you're digging up, um, you know, digging up a uh, a trench or you're putting in new, you know, new utilities, you you basically run lines and make it easily accessible such that any new provider could come in and, you know, connect to those lines or, or basically put their you know, put their fiber optic cable in it. I think those types of ideas are far, at least in the medium term, are far, far more important to to get everyone behind mm-hmm. because spending $85 billion on a new program is really going to be quite contentious. And again, it's the federal government doling out money to local gov- or to local entities. And, and at the end of the day, really, you would want local entities, you'd want Virginia and Illinois to really, okay, you know, Downstate Illinois has an issue, for example, and we're going to put money there. So that's what currently the state of Illinois is doing. And there's been successful programs. Uh, Minnesota, their uh, border to border program, I believe is the name of it. They've done very, very well in all this. So I'd much rather see it at the state level than the federal level. Personally. Right, right. So following up on that, um, we, we see a lot of proposals. I mean, obviously, there's proposals at the local level. Uh, what's going on there? Do these you know, proposals have a greater chance of success. Yeah, I think yes, exactly. I think that they exactly do have far, far more success. Um, I mean, as I said, Minnesota is a great example. Uh, North Dakota has done some work on this. Um, and again, I think that's probably where the FCC and where an actual office of, of broadband deployment could be helpful. 
you know, the, the FCC has done this. I was part of BDAC, which is part of this, to try to figure out some basic solutions, to try to figure out some policy proposals. Um, and we've also seen, and I think the most important thing here that really we haven't talked about is kind of these demand side pushes. So a lot of farm bureaus recently have been have been pressing their their members to get connected. There's been a lot of work at the local level to get people interested in in broadband, because the other thing that we've talked about, we've talked a lot about access. But the one thing that we haven't talked about is is the relevancy, is the demand. And in fact, when you look at census data, the vast majority of the people that are not currently connected to the Internet aren't connected because they don't see they don't think that it's relevant in their lives. That's by far the 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 majority of people are in that bucket. But the um, but we tend to talk about this access thing consistently over and over again because, it you know, it's the big numbers. It seems as though something is being done. The far more difficult work and you see this time and again in research is what are we doing? You know, how does deployment actually work? How are people adopting rather not deploying? But how are people adopting technologies? How do we get better adoption numbers? And how do we get people that are even in these, you know, these rural areas? How do we get them? They are. Let's say they already have access you know, everyone has a better time and the deployment is cheaper if you have a higher amount of people that are actually going on and using the technology. So to me, that's really the big the big missing step in all of these plans is is something on adoption. And and to me, that's by far the most important thing that happens right now or that needs to happen right now. And it's really just not being discussed. Fascinating. Well, I'm sure this conversation is just going to continue on and on, and we'll hear a lot more oh, throughout I'm this campaign. Sh- I'm sure we will. <laughs> we got a whole nother year of all this. I know. Uh, but anyways, um, before I let you go, uh, last time you were on, we talked about your fa- your love of coffee and different brands and yep. stuff like that. But one of the other things that I've heard about you, which goes oh right along with coffee, is that you're a big jazz fan. I am. Is a this big true? Jazz fan. Yes. Uh, what? So what? What's? What, what are you listening to? What's? What's going on there? Uh, I cannot like, I cannot. Well, interestingly enough, I, I feel like I go in waves when it comes to music. And right now I've been listening to a lot of like old seventies skank music. Interestingly Interesting. enough. Yeah. It's like Jamaican, like it, it was like reggae before reggae. So I don't know that that's actually what I've been into right now and recently. And there's a whole bunch of like old stuff that I've, um, that I think is really, really interesting. Um, so some of the sound system music. Gotcha. Um, well, when you come on for the third time, I'm going to circle back to coffee again and ask if there's any new stuff. Yeah, so and then we can talk about prepared. my garden at some point. So. Oh, you have a garden. Yeah, I do have a garden. All right. Well, we'll have to save that for a future podcast. So people are going to have to tune back in again. Thanks for having me, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Tune back in for our next episode where our experts will provide clear data-driven insights into today's economic and domestic policy issues. I'd also like to encourage you to check out any of the links in our show notes um, from this episode and also follow us on social media to hear more about AAF.